right. Welcome, welcome into the 123rd episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We go over reports around the realm as well as a breakdown of the championship games we saw this weekend. Highlight some key free agents before free agency kicks in. Some guys you might want to invest in before their names start getting buzzed around. And we analyze some trades from our most important league before we get into the show, wanted to thank you all for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Again, Dynasty Monarchy over there on Twitter. Super Producer has a great poll out there, and we're going to go over the trade in the later half that relates to that poll. Follow us on Twitter again at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go, episode 123 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. Two out of three. 66% of the podcast is here today, but that doesn't mean we can have a good time. Mr. Max is a little bit busy with work this time of year, so we want to give a special shout-out. Shout-out you, Max. He won't be here. He'll be back next week. But Super Producer and I are going to hold down the fort. Super Producer is up in the land. I am in Jersey. Nick C. Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. He is, man. I Trying to say it, I feel like I haven't looked uh, in the past day or so for the lines, not that I'm going to be betting them uh, for the Super Bowl, but I know it opened up as Chiefs as underdogs. I just and they feel were like sizable dogs. They were like three and a half to start, I think, or two and a half. It's moved to towards one now. It's so surprising to me. Like I don't understand when people will start to realize. Like you just bet on Mahomes, like you said in the last episode. Like you bet on these great players. Obviously, I mean. Purdy's been playing great this year. They're more of a great team as opposed to having one kind of individual player like Mahomes there. But, dude, they, I mean, this Chiefs defense is for real. They held Baltimore in check. And, I mean, you've been saying it all week, uh, kind of for a couple of weeks now. It's like Mahomes doesn't have to play out of his mind, and this Chiefs team can still win, which I think is the scary part because – you know, they got Pacheco in the backfield churning and then just, you know, playing on getting a couple turnovers and, and their defense kind of limiting yeah. the other teams. So I think it'll be really interesting to see if they can get out to a hot start against San Francisco. Because I I don't know, even though first San Francisco came back against Detroit, I just have a feeling that they're not going to be able to do the same thing against Kansas City there. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up at the beginning uh, and we'll get to the other game later. Uh but super producer, something that's really important uh, when talking about buying players at this time of year. I know Patrick Mahomes has a lot of hype, especially in super flex leagues. He's borderline untouchable. Um, but let's say in your one quarterback leagues, if you wanted to go get him, it would cost you probably around, I honestly think, two firsts value. Uh, two, two and a half, depending on what league you're in, if you're near Kansas City or not. He doesn't put up great games. And it's my it's my same thing with Joe Burrow, except Joe Burrow's kind of like that in the regular season too. Mahomes kind of really doesn't put up huge numbers in the playoffs. I'm gonna read off his last three points per game 
if you played into the the fantasy playoffs, 18.5, which is good, good starting quarterback, 18.5, which is another good starting quarterback, and 15.1. Those are Gardner Minshew level numbers, right? Like, And we don't get all hot and bothered about Gardner Minshew. Basically, what I'm trying to say is Mahomes is not winning these games for his team. He's putting them in advantageous positions. But I'm saying pump the brakes on buying him right now. Obviously, it's never a good time to buy a talent like him. At this point, it's basically out of the question for everyone. But don't add extra value for value that is not being shown on the field right now. Just the biggest thing for Mahomes this year, which has really, I mean, he finished as QB8 overall, which is really surprising. But for me, it's he didn't have a rushing touchdown this year. The past couple of seasons, he's had that rushing upside of running maybe four to six times a game, get like 40 to 60 yards on the ground, and then find a rushing touchdown as well as throwing for 300 yards and possibly two or three touchdowns. Um, Yeah, like that MVP 2022 year. I mean, the biggest thing, you know, the emergence of Pacheco in that backfield they can just lean on Pacheco. They don't necessarily need to ask Mahomes, not that they were asking him to before, but Mahomes isn't forced to get outside, have to try to make a play like Josh Allen at the in the red zone or something because they actually have a legitimate kind of uh, running back there. So Yeah, not to get too technical with it. Obviously, I've never played in the NFL, didn't play college football, played in high school. Uh, I feel like I watch a lot of tape, and especially a lot of tape for somebody – who only plays fantasy football. And something I've noticed over the last couple of years is his early seasons, they weren't playing, uh, they were playing more man coverage. They were playing more uh, like heavier blitzes, allowing guys to be open down the field, right? These last couple of years and why it's, his upside is extremely capped. And I mean, upside by meaning like top two finish where he's finishing you know, almost 100 points ahead of the next guy, is they're playing shell coverage on him. They don't let Mahomes beat you deep. They're playing too high safety with a free safety or nickel corner, not playing man particularly, playing more like of a deeper zone, and it's really scary for his upside. Don't get me wrong. I'm fine if you want to invest to have him for the next, you know, 12 years on your roster. That's awesome. To have a guy that's going to probably finish top six every single year given a couple outlier years for the next 12 seasons, that's great. Uh, But I just don't think that there's the league winning upside of a hundred points ahead of the the next best guy like Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen can provide. It hurts me to say it because I am biased. I don't know why I like Mahomes as much as I do really. I just like, you know, I, I did like Brady when he was in the league. Mahomes, I feel like is, you know, that new face of the league. So I, I don't know why I just start to to like those guys, I guess, just as watching the Browns lose so much. But you're I think you're right, man, because I own Mahomes in our home league. I mean, we'll go over trade later on in the episode where I actually traded him away. But, you know, that's off of a down year. And I started to think about it like like you said, I mean, he really just hasn't had that enormous rushing upside like Hertz, like uh, Allen does, you know, where. I'm starting to get a little bit lower on Mahomes. Obviously, still in that top echelon, but like you said, I think you you do have to manage your expectations a little bit with what you're getting there. 
Yeah, the, the way that I look at it is he's valued up there with Hurts and Allen. And I think if you're looking to push the next couple of years and really like say, I'm all in, I think you go for those guys. But if you don't, you have a good team, you're happy where you are, you want to see if things can kind of work out, uh, then Mahomes is great. He is phenomenal. And again, he's going to be a great quarterback for the next 12 years in this league, especially in Dynasty. You know, he can play up until he's 40. You, you can just see that when the legs give out, he's still going to be a great pocket passer given the right circumstance. Um, moving on, other game. Sorry, Ravens, you don't get any shine. Lamar is a choker. He had a horrible season, but he's going to get named MVP. Um, sorry, I had to say it. I had to say it. And Max isn't here to defend himself. Uh, Max loves Lamar. I think he's good. I don't think he is that next level. And, you know, he had 32 total touchdowns this year and Josh Allen had 52 and I hate Josh Allen. So that's all I'm going to say. Let's move to the other game. Brock Purdy and the 49ers rally from behind. Uh, My worst nightmare has come into fruition. There's three teams I hate more than anything else in the world. It's the 49ers, the Patriots and the Cowboys. And I have had to suffer for a good majority of my life with one of those teams being in the Super Bowl. Uh, And it's uh, a travesty. It's horrible. But Super Producer, talk to me about how the 49ers came back. One, and what you're doing with 49er assets at this point. We'll get to the Lions right after this. Yeah, man, what a game. I mean, just watching that, I felt so terrible because I could put myself in the shoes I feel like of Lions fans obviously not being to an AFC championship game but I just felt the despair of that organization just manifest itself on the field there and they just choked the lead 49ers come back and you know right the ship I guess I I was rooting so hard for Detroit here for them to win it they just some super questionable fourth down calls Dan Campbell tried to come to the podium afterwards, said that that's what got him there. You know, he wasn't going to back down even on a bigger stage there. But I don't know, man. I mean, some of those calls, I think, are it's just almost uh, indefensible. Like, I I don't know how you could make calls like he did. Um, And maybe not him. I mean, it's probably the whole coaching staff there, like Ben Johnson, another uh, news note that we'll get up to. I mean. PJ, what was your thoughts on that game and kind of just watching that collapse happen live? I literally wanted to cry. Um, Last time I cried at a football game was when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. So, you know, it's nice to have a bookend of the season where uh, I didn't cry, but uh, get a little uh, well, welly and uh, like teary eyed. It's less about Detroit and it's more about the Niners. Uh, I just, I cannot, cannot do it with them. I hate Kyle Shanahan and everything that he represents. Um, But I have to give props where, where you get props, you know, you get a lucky bounce and a team blows two fourth downs, you know, you can definitely win a game like that. So uh, I just look, you know, I'm not going to cry anymore about this, but I'm going to look objectively as a fantasy football analyst here. And I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle, only assets worth having on your team. I understand Purdy has some relevance. I wouldn't mind him as a backup, uh, a backup in your dynasty leagues. I just feel like you can't try him out every week, knowing I don't think he's going to have a long NFL career, um, especially if they lose the Super Bowl. I think they're going to go get Kirk Cousins. But this is this is what I, I truly look out for 
is age. Kittle, too old. Need to get him off your roster if you're not competing this year. Uh, and the most you're going to get is like a mid-second, right? Debo, starting to get up there with age, right? He needs to be on win-now rosters. I can't have him on a rebuilding roster uh, for more than this year, especially given his injury history. I don't think he's played a full season in a couple of years. And then Christian McCaffrey, I know, super producer, you're an owner of him. He's a scary asset because he's had two seasons where effectively he didn't play, right? So he has fresher legs despite his age, but that age is always there. I think he's a sneaky buy if you can get him for just a first-round pick. This upcoming offseason off a competitor that just won the championship and wants to rebuild. I think he's a sneaky buy in your leagues if you can get him. But if somebody's holding him upwards of one and a half to two firsts, I can't I can't pay for that. Uh, and then Ayuk is a fine value because he's still pretty young. That That's where I land on the 49er assets after this week. Yeah, and I guess I didn't really answer your question, so I do apologize on that one. But, I mean, you pretty much hit it on the head of my thoughts on it. I mean, it is tough to pay two firsts for McCaffrey. I guess in one quarterback you could maybe justify it if they're late, uh, late first-round picks there. But – Definitely not in Superflex. Ayuk is the interesting one to me. I obviously love Ayuk. I've said it all season how much I am a fan of this guy. Um, and he balled out this year. But I don't know, man. This is where it gets to where I, he's probably the only guy I would want to buy. But I don't know if I would buy right now because I think his value is, I think it's at the all-time high of of his NFL career. I think on it, trade cut, he's valued as wide receiver is. 10. I look at players that would be valued around the same, like Devonta Smith. Um, I, I'd look at like Smith or Waddle. Guy, Waddle. I'd rather those guys just because I know the way that the scheme works on those teams, they're going to get peppered with targets. Right. And I, you can just disappear and it sucks. And we've seen him disappear in certain games. The only thing I will say on buying him now is Debo with Debo getting older as a young guy, he wasn't able to finish a full season uh, due to his workload and utilization in, in uh, San Francisco. I think he's going to be a really interesting buy this upcoming off season. So I would monitor your leagues and see what he's going for. If he's going for less than wide receiver 16 value. So like less than two firsts, I think you might be able to buy him, but I feel like I can't pay more than two for, for him in particular. No, Purdy slinging the ball. Yeah, it is tough. It's I, different if it's Kirk. If Kirk's there, then I'm all the way in. Yeah, because, I mean, you're looking at this system the past two years. I mean, he gets around 110 targets. I mean, this year, absolutely insane. I mean, he had 75 catches for like 1,300 yards and like seven or eight touchdowns. But it's like I thought he was going to uh, be a free agent this upcoming year, but he actually has one year under contract left. The more I'm I'm talking about it here with you, PJ, I do think Ayuk is probably a sell uh, just at his current price because I, they're not obviously going to move on from Debo there. I mean, those guys are still going to be there next year. Kittle, even though he's aging, I just think Ayuk will probably have a fine season, you know, this upcoming season. But for him to be valued at, like, at the top 10 of wide receivers – that might be a good cash out opportunity and then just buy back in mid season this next year. I want to end with the lions here 
assets out the wazoo. We'll get into our reports from around the realm segment right now as it relates to the Lions. All right, just one noteworthy item as it relates to Dynasty Fantasy Football. Ben Johnson is staying in Detroit. He wants to win a Lombardi for the city. He wants to win it for the Motor City. Mr. C, I was extremely nervous for the rest of these assets. Laporta, I was nervous for Amon Ra. I was nervous for J-Mo, and J-Mo really probably can only get a little bit worse value-wise right now. Um, I was nervous for Gibbs and Montgomery as well with the departure of Ben Johnson. But now that he's staying, does that increase the value of any of these assets relative to where they were priced about a week ago? I think it keeps them just about the same. I didn't see really the contract he got. Um, I mean, I would assume it's like a one-year deal or something like that because from everything I was seeing, I mean, it seems like the dude's just playing it safe, trying to have another good year with the Lions, right? And then maybe get in in Dallas or one of these bigger market teams that might, or something. yeah, that, you know, if Buffalo moves, ends up moving on, you know, there could be better opportunities, but who knows, man, I've seen the back and forth, you know, from multiple people saying, you know, it could be, it could be the bad call. It, you know, who knows when this dude will get another head coaching opportunity. If he was just a flash in the pan this year, as far as like the values for these players, I think they're all pretty much locked in. Um, I, I don't see how, I mean, Laporte is probably valued close to tight end one or two. So that oh, won't absolutely. change. I mean, Amon Ra is pretty locked in at, you know, top six, maybe wide receivers, top seven. Um, and then, you know, Gibbs, Mont kind of speak for themselves. I feel like, Goff is the one that this helps the most, if anything. A million percent. And he's going to sign a big deal this offseason. Yeah, that, that'll be the interesting piece to see because he, he might be worth a buy, man. I mean, it, especially in like six-point pass touchdown leagues, you just need that quarterback two, quarterback three kind of guy. He could be that good value or maybe maybe get him for two seconds or you know a second-round pick yeah. and a, a throw-in player. Uh, I liken it. Uh, a lot of these guys – I wouldn't call Goff older, but I would call him not elite. And a lot of these non-elite quarterbacks, when they get paid or they move teams or X, Y, Z, they do get a little bump in value. And I'm fine buying it, but it's going to be a, a coin toss. And that's the problem is it's not a sure thing. It's not like a number one receiver switches teams or a number one receiver gets a new deal usually the targets are going to remain the same or increase a little bit less anywhere between that standard variation. But if golf gets a big deal, then there's less pieces around, but the only thing that is keeping his value where it is, is the addition of Ben Johnson and not the addition, but the, uh, the keeping of Ben Johnson. I think that is so phenomenal. I'm buying all the Lions players that I can for a value. I don't want to overpay uh, for the Lions players off of when you're dealing with Ben Johnson. If your team is not doing well, in the upcoming offseason, just something to keep in mind. Sell your Lions players while you can, because Ben Johnson will probably take a job the following offseason. All right, last question before we get into our free agent segment. Super producer, something I wanted to talk about, but I completely missed in my head. The Kansas City Chiefs, I want you to shut your eyes. Kansas City Chiefs are holding their third Lombardi trophy. Travis Kelsey is on the stage with Taylor Swift. And who is, I think it would probably be 
Jim Nance. Jim Nance is holding the microphone up to Kelsey's mouth, and he says, so is this it, Travis? Are you done? What's his answer? Is he going to retire? That is a tough one. I think he does. I think he says we are never, ever, ever getting back together. You know what I'm saying? Like the little Taylor, Taylor Swift vibes. I, I feel like he might try to pull out something cheesy, but I, yeah, I think if they win a Super Bowl, that's probably the situation where he just rides off into the sunset. I mean, I was hoping, you know, from a selfish perspective, I have him in a, uh, a couple leagues for Dynasty that, you know, he shows up, he's balling out, and then they just fall short in the Super Bowl or something to where Kelsey can see that he, you know, he's still able to prove it on the field that he's a legitimate player and he's not declining, but that they're just there and they can still get back the next year. But if they if they get it done this year, man, what else can you ask from the guy? He just passed Jerry Rice's playoff record. So what would you say to not yourself, but what would you say to someone else that owns Kelsey? And how would you maneuver that? I would try to sell before the Super Bowl because I don't want a player that's worth a second round pick to retire on my roster. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to hedge. Like, if you have a decent ownership, like, I guess if you're playing multiple leagues, if you have a decent amount of ownership of Kelsey, you got to sell off in a few spots. I mean, there's obviously certain spots where I feel like I'm comfortable still having him on my team just in case he runs it, ends up running it back, you know, this next year. If you have just an uber loaded competitor, I mean, like in our home league, Mike Vrabel, I feel like I have a decent team with a lot of solid veterans. I'm willing to just hold him on my roster. If he ends up retiring, he retires. But you have to get that contingency plan in place. You need to get a tight end to just make a trade, try to get a guy that you can get for cheap. I did it in our home league as well. Evan Ingram, I got him for like a 26 second round pick. You might be able to find guys like that maybe the Njoku hype has died off a little bit maybe get him there's plenty of guys at the tight end that I mean this is probably the deepest the position has been you need to just spend a little bit of your assets that you have just kind of load up that room a little bit PJ do you think he is going to retire in, in that hypothetical that you just laid out there I think it's interesting I think if he wins the Super Bowl him and his brother kind of ride off into the sunset to the podcast and then he can be like super boyfriend, I guess. Uh, I I think that there's a higher than twenty five percent chance he retires if they win, and I'm not worth I'm not willing to take that risk on my roster. I'd always rather trade him for a second round pick and then buy him for you know if I trade him for two oh five, uh, and then go buy him for two oh two, like you know what I mean, buy him back and and just take that assurance. Uh, I just can't I can't let a guy that's worth anything on my roster retire on me. That would be too much. All right, let's get into our free agent segment. All right, super producer, little segment here. Just want to get some names out there for people. Some of these guys will get tagged by their teams. Some of these guys will work out deals to also stay with their teams, but others will find a new home. Super producer, give me three Free agents you want to highlight this upcoming offseason for our listeners to keep an eye out, maybe buy them before the free agency hype. 
Yeah, this is a good question, man. There is so many good free agents here. Um, honestly, one, it's not the free agent himself, but I guess the situation that I would be buying is the team he would be coming from. Ryan Tannehill is a free agent this upcoming season or this upcoming offseason here. And I think I would I would throw a flyer at Will Levis. See if you can get him for cheap in super flex leagues. I feel like he's a guy where he showed the flash last year in that first game. They might just give him a long leash and kind of say, do your thing. I mean, Vrabel's not there anymore. They might just go full rebuild mode and kind of just let the kid run out there. So who knows? That could be a, a good buy that I would feel comfortable for sure buying. Um, and then another one as well on the list here, Baker Mayfield. You know, probably worth about the same as Jared Goff. And I'd probably pay just about the same, maybe two seconds in super flex. Um, just to kind of lock up a QB two, if you got a, a top end QB one there. Um, and then honestly, the other one that, that is interesting to me is Henry, Derek Henry. I don't know how to feel about him, but you know, he's going to get a decent amount of money from some team like Baltimore, somebody like that, where they're just going to pay him maybe like a one or two year deal. And probably use him. I mean, he's probably still going to be valuable more so in half PPR. That's where I'd be looking for that. Um, but, you know, send a late second round pick that probably gets smash accepted by the the Derrick Henry owners. So I'd probably be looking to do that as well. So that's probably just the three guys I like there. No, I I'm all in on Henry. I made a behemoth of a trade and I hope the owner of Derrick Henry doesn't listen to this but I'm willing to send a couple thirds or a late second out to go get Derrick Henry for this upcoming season. I feel like he's going to sign with a team and whether or not he's a bell cow, he's probably a top five running back of the last 20 years. I really truly mean that. And since he seems like he's not done, he's not going to retire a couple late round picks that probably will end up being nothing. And I know Mr. C you love your late round picks, but for a guy that can actually help your team win, uh, win a championship or or strive for a little bit more, even as a depth running back from competitors at that price, that's awesome. He's the guy that I would key on out of the three you mentioned. Yeah, for sure. And like, he'll probably put up similar and this could be a little bit spicy, but I mean, if he ends up going to Baltimore or put him on Houston or some team like that, Dude, he could probably like outscore a guy like David Montgomery. And if you get, if you trade David Montgomery, you could probably get Henry and a second round pick for David Montgomery. Hey, man, I, I wouldn't be too mad at that. Um, what what are some guys you're liking out of this upcoming class uh, that that you'd kind of want to highlight here? I love Jacobs. I love to talk about Jacobs. Uh, Antonio Pierce is a big, big, big fan of him. Um, and the fact that Pierce was retained as the head coach while hiring Tom Telesco at the same time, that would appear that they're on the same page. I think Jacobs is going to get maybe not a long-term deal, but maybe a two-year deal or a three-year deal, kind of similar to David Montgomery or Miles Sanders, how they've gotten deals in the past. He's a great buy for me. I know some people out there are scared of Jacobs. All he's ever done has been consistent. He's never going to be that elite, elite number one running back anymore. I don't think that's that's in his cards, 
but to be anywhere from at the highest, at the highest, like a top six running back, like six to 12 in the lowest, the absolute lowest, probably like right on the bottom of RB two. He's a great buy for me, especially at this age. Cause give it two or three more years, then he's going to be in the dirt. I, I absolutely love Jacobs. I love Mike Evans. He's the same boat as me with Henry. He either re-signs in Tampa with Baker and has another incredible season barring injury, or he goes somewhere else. And I don't think Mike Evans is the type to just go and rot in Tennessee. He's going to get some, he's going to curry some favor. Absolutely. Um, and a last guy, last guy I really, really want to talk about is Kirk Cousins. I alluded to him a little bit earlier. He will probably end up getting tagged if he does not re-sign. But in a weird, crazy world, I could absolutely see him going to the 49ers. He is the prototypical Kyle Shanahan quarterback. Remember, Shanahan's father was in power in Washington at the time, and they drafted Kirk Cousins in the same draft they drafted Robert Griffin. They absolutely love Kirk in that style of offense. I think he would be a top five quarterback. And I truly mean that. Like He would put up insane numbers that Purdy could only dream of. I think Kirk Cousins is an absolute steal of a buy this offseason, especially in super flex leagues. He can play another four or five years at a really good level with a decent offensive line. Yeah, dude, that's probably the favorite one uh, of the ones that you mentioned here for me. I mean, I didn't really think of what his value would look like right now in super flex, but it's probably super dirt cheap. I mean, probably a second round pick, maybe a couple second round picks. Um gets that done I, especially i haven't done any so far so i'm staying strong but i have not done any startup drafts i could only imagine how late kirk cousins is going in these oh startup drafts i mean you can probably get him for absolutely free so I, that's probably my favorite value out of these guys all right from here on we're gonna do some trade corner mr max is probably jealous that he's not here for the discourse but we're going to do some trades that we've seen in our most important league over the last couple of weeks. All right. First trade up here. We have a Mike Vrabel fantasy league trade corner for all those that don't know our most important league, the Mike Vrabel dynasty league named after coach Mike Vrabel, who is probably going to go jobless this off season who attended all of our league mates, high school, 12 teams, half PPR, one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, tight end, flex, kicker defense. Very traditional league. This is the nuke that I made the other day. My team is rebuilding. It is no longer rebuilding in my eyes after this trade. I received Jalen Waddle. Kyle Pitts and CJ Stroud. And in return, I gave up the 101 pick, the 205, a mid to late 2025 first, and Jamison Williams. So the way that I calculated it out is I took a loss. I took a second round pick loss given player values uh, in exchange to essentially fill out my roster and be able to compete this upcoming season. Super producer, where do you find yourself on this side of the deal? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I just have it a slight win by the 101 side, but I do see what you're saying. I mean, you get that 
it, you get to just start start anew. I mean, you can you can go for it this year if you want to. Uh, you got enough young pieces there where the values right now it might be a little bit of a loss, but that's the beautiful thing with trades like this is you get to see them go on, you know, years and then, you know, the value might easily be on your side. You know, you see pits start to hit if Stroud stays the same and then Waddle ascends when Tyreek ends up retiring. I mean, it could be a different conversation in a year or two. I think it was a savvy buy, honestly, because you were trying to move that pick and this was probably the best offer you were going to get in the league. But, you know, you're giving up Marvin and I think you got a great return, honestly. I, You know, you gave up a little bit, but I think, like we talked about, these values will change, and who knows, man. Marvin will be great, but at the end of the day, you need more than just one starting wide receiver to kind of build a team here, and I think uh, I think you got a good start. I am very nervous that he is going to get drafted third overall to the Patriots. And if he does and they don't have a quarterback, I still think he'll be good, but I cannot afford to have the pick not be worth quote unquote three and a half firsts. Like we've seen in our league, just that's where the value is in our league. It might be different in other leagues, but the established value of the pick was three and a half first rounders. I couldn't let that go away in case, even if it was a 10% chance he goes to the Patriots, it would explode my rebuild. Um, so the fact that I was able to get a quarterback, which I don't have another wide receiver. So now my wide receiver room is T Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Christian Watson, uh, and then Pitts, who I actually think it's finally the year for him. Cause if it's not this year, it's never, if it's not this year, it's never for Pitts. Um, I think this is going to be his season to, to finally show people. I think I got proven value for question marks. And Marv is as good of a question mark as you're going to find probably in the last five years in the draft. But I, I just needed to get surefire value. Probably going to end up moving Stroud. I already have a deal in place uh, to go get a better quarterback for Stroud straight up. Uh, I know the other guy loves Stroud. So that's where I'm at. I love that, that, that trade super producer is going to, Throw a couple of these on the Twitter, and you guys can vote over there. Waddle, Pitts, and Stroud, or the 101-205, mid-25 first, and Jamison Williams. I think one side is all about players. One side is all about question marks. Let's move to the next one, Super Producer. You want to introduce this? It's going to be Michael Pittman and CJ Stroud on the one end of it, and then the other side received Patrick Mahomes, Dallas Goddard, Traylon Burks, and then a mid to late 2025 20, second round pick. Uh, PJ, what are you thinking with these values here? I feel like I'm strongly on one side. I am strongly on another side as well. Uh, I love the Mahomes side. That's just me. Uh, super producer, I don't know what side you find yourself. I'm not a big Pittman guy. I understand he has value and I understand that he does well. Uh, I know he's a free agent this upcoming offseason, probably will stay in Indy. I just can't have Pittman be anything more than a wide receiver, two on my my team. I love the fact that you get Mahomes, you sell high on Stroud. 
you get Goddard, who I actually think is a serviceable tight end and will will find his way. Burks is a good long shot, nothing more than probably like a third round pick value there, late second, early third. In the 25 second, it's it's a it's a dart throw. I, I love the Mahomes side. Yeah, so I'm actually on the opposite side here. And I, the way I'm looking at this trade is okay, I'm look I look at the one piece, Michael Pittman. He's probably the best. I mean, you argue Mahomes is the best piece in the Arguably this deal, but the best a, overall player. Yeah. In a one quarterback league, you know, you can make the argument for Pittman here. But I look at it as like, would I trade Michael Pittman? for Traylon Burks, Dallas Goddard, and a 2025 second. I don't think I would, because uh, like you said, I mean, Burks, he's close to a zero value for me, which is crazy to say. The 2025 second, I'm biased here because this is my second round pick. I think it'll be a later one. So that's kind of like meh. And then Goddard's kind of meh to me as well. So it's like, does that value hit from Pittman to that package of of three outweigh the value between Mahomes and Stroud I don't know I mean there's people that really like CJ Stroud I think Mahomes does have a decent gap on him still Uh, but like we talked about earlier I mean you know you gotta start to call it what it is for with Mahomes here and in a four-point pass touchdown league I mean how much more is he gonna score than CJ Stroud next year given that I mean Stroud probably has he definitely has less rushing upside uh, than Mahomes here, but the passing upside is probably still uh, for Mahomes. But it might still be, you know, could be a toss-up. Stroud could outpass him. Who knows, man? But I'm a, that's I'm where... a little nervous. I'm a little nervous with Stroud, um, just solely due to the fact that he is going to have a full off season of tape. He's going to have a first place schedule next season. I don't think that the top six ceiling is there for him next year. And I think that is always going to be there for Patrick. That's I my think it, difference. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think another thing too is Stroud that is worth mentioning. This is a guy that we forgot to mention. I didn't um, type him in there, but Nico Collins is a free agent for Houston there. So who knows, man, they're going to have a big void there because Nico Collins was absolutely elite this year. Yeah. Um to fill, you know, along with an injured tank Dell coming back. I mean, I think Houston's free agent, right? Houston has got a lot of money that they need to spend. They know that they can make the playoffs. They got to win. They're probably going to be feeling themselves and think, okay, this is our window. We go get mentioned earlier. I mean, a running back, one of these running backs in free agency could go there. Singletary's a free agent there. So they really don't really have, they don't have too many uh, guys there get a wide receiver. So I think Stroud, while the sophomore slump could be there with the tape and everything, it'll be an interesting thing because I, I really wasn't a big fan of him coming in uh, to the NFL draft, and man, was I wrong. All right, let's move on to the next trade, Super Producer. It was the one you did, so I'll give you the honors this time as well. Quarterbacks have been moving around a lot this offseason for anyone listening. Yeah, so this is another one. Um where Patrick Mahomes is involved, I ended up sending Patrick Mahomes, Pat Fryermuth, and my 2025 second round pick. And I received Josh Allen and Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker's just a throw in piece there. He went to uh, Cincinnati. So 
that's my one shout out for him. But hey, man, I looked at this trade as my team is a competitor. Got bounced in the playoffs this year, didn't really get it done. But I'm trying to make a push again. Kind of that same conversation we've been having about Mahomes uh, this whole episode, really, where I would rather have the upside of Josh Allen for this next season. Who knows, like, as we go on, you know, five years down the line, I'd probably rather have Mahomes, right? And I feel like I overpaid here to give Mahomes and a second-round pick. Um, Friar Muth is really a non-factor for me, especially another piece of news that Arthur Smith signed as the offensive coordinator there, which I feel like might be a death blow for a lot of these Pittsburgh guys. Um, But I don't know. I mean, this is an interesting trade. I feel like I didn't necessarily need to make this trade, but I felt antsy just staring at the Mahomes quarterback eight overall finish. And I just feel like Allen has that quarterback one upside that, that Mahomes really probably doesn't have for this next season. This is the way I look at it, Mr. C. You're essentially trading away Mahomes for Allen straight. Friermuth really does nothing for me, and the second-round pick will probably be late. And again, Friermuth, I could stick my foot in my mouth, and he could be a top-six option next year, just the way the tight end position works. Uh, But I think, especially for a team like yourself that has some quote-unquote money in the bank, you have a little bit extra value just sitting on your bench. I'm perfectly fine with you making this deal. I would probably take, if it was just objective, I'd probably take the Mahomes side. But knowing your window, I think it's an absolutely perfect trade for your team. Thanks, man. And yeah, like you said, I mean, if it's in a one-to-one vacuum, like equal equal teams here, I would take the Mahomes side as well. I do think I gave up a slight bit of value. But it's that same thing we talked about of... uh just trying to capitalize on a window and and get that higher upside shot. All right, let's keep moving forward. We got two more trades for you. All right, so next one up was one between me and, and Mr. Max. I love this trade, and I think this will go through in some of your leagues. A guy is on his last legs in Cincinnati unless they pay him and Joe Burrow is completely healthy next year, I can't imagine a world where T Higgins value is lower this point next season outside of an insane injury, which you can never forecast for. I traded for T Higgins and traded away Kyle Pitts. I eventually got back Kyle Pitts like you just heard, but super producer, what do you think about one-on-one value here? Pitts or Higgins moving forward. They're both still really young. Yeah, both really young. I remember when this trade did go through. This was a few weeks ago. I think it's just a smash easy T Higgins side here, Um, especially given the league format. I mean, it's non-tight end premium. Yes, I still have love for Kyle Pitts, but he's one of those guys where at some point you got to cash in that somebody else believes in the guy because I, I don't know. He just hasn't really shown it other than the rookie year. I still think he's a great talent and could get there at some point, but I'm not going to pay a T Higgins value to get him because I mean, we we've kind of been talking about it the past couple episodes. I think T Higgins value is probably at two first round picks and Kyle Pitts. There's no way he's worth two first round picks. I mean, he might be worth one first round pick, 
And if you can sell somebody on the fact that, oh, they got a new offensive coordinator, all of this and that, you can buy Kyle Pitts in probably two years for Kyle Pitts plus for T. Higgins if you just wanted to re-swap this trade in two years. So I'd really like to pick for your side. Um, and like you said, you ended up getting Kyle Pitts back anyway. So, hey, man, can't be mad at it. I, I just look at T Higgins and think that the value can't get lower. I know it can get lower for Kyle Pitts. We've seen the product actually perform in the NFL with T Higgins. We have never seen Kyle Pitts really put together half of a season, let alone a full season. Uh, I love trading question marks for value. And that's what I will always do. Uh, the safer asset is always the better one for me. Let's keep moving forward. Last trade. This is my oldest trade. Uh, that we're going to have here. This is what essentially set off my quick rebuild. I only rebuilt for a year. I got the 101, which is awesome. But this pick, uh, this trade, sorry, rather, is what set my rebuild into motion. I traded away Chris Olave, and I received Kyle Pitts, a third, which is a throw-in, and Super Producer, your first overall pick. I can understand people wanting Olave. I completely get it. But I think what this trade gave me was the ability to have Kyle Pitts and a first round pick and be able to branch both of those off into other players while the value might not be there. Yeah, looking at it now, I think it's a pretty even trade. I mean, I, I probably slightly lean Olave, but very slightly, honestly. Um like I said, still have some love for Kyle Pitts, but Olave is probably around that two first round pick value. I would say Pitts is probably worth the first in this league. And then my first round pick in 2025, who knows, man, it could be my it will team be could flame out. It, will it, be back it, it could be back half, could be back half, could be mid. But like you said, I, this is the more, more important thing. I mean, we're covering a lot of trades here in the same league. A lot of similar players being traded back and forth here. But like you said, I mean, this is the trade that kind of kicked it off for you. You were able to capitalize, move pits, get pits back again for different value, move the first round pick. This is really what you need to be doing in your dynasty leagues. I mean, you don't need to be making a million different trades, right? But it's more so about having a clear vision for what the type of roster you want to put together is and how you can piece together these deals and get a slight upgrade here, maybe cash in a little bit of your unknown value picks that, you know, people always will overvalue rookie picks in dynasty. That's kind of how it goes. You can kind of trade those in for players like you did in that first trade that we ended up covering. And then now, now you're in the dance a little bit, PJ. And I, I mean, you can kind of go through and see some of these trades. And I think that's what makes this the most valuable. I mean, sometimes it could get a little monotonous for the listener to kind of hear these same players over and over again in some of these similar trades. But this just shows you like how you can kind of piece together different trades, make the just do the dance, man. I mean, this is dynasty fantasy football, the off seasons here capitalizing on the rookie values, I feel like is the most important thing to do at this point. So I, I really do like this trade. Um, 
because I think it's pretty fair. And like you said, you kind of kind of kicked it off for yourself here. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the episode. Come next week. We will have a recap of the senior bowl. I've been listening while at work. I can't watch it sadly, but I've been listening to Daniel Jeremiah talk about it all week while I'm at work. Uh, and then this weekend I'm going to be watching the clips uh, and the game. So I'm very excited about that. Senior bowl is awesome. It was a place that I found Christian Watson first last year. Puka Nakua was a member there and was absolutely beloved while I wasn't a big fan of his tape. What the heck do I know at that point uh, with Puka Nakua doing his thing? But what we want to do is see some of these guys throw the ball, especially in your super flex leagues, your fringe third to fourth quarterback in super flex drafts, Michael Penix, Bo Nix are going to be throwing this weekend. Going to be awesome to watch them. Going to be awesome to watch some of the rest of the receivers and Christian McCaffrey's brothers out there. So why not take a pe- quick peek over there as well? All right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y over there on the Twitter sphere. Follow us on Twitter again at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Go check out the poll Super Producer just put up. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.